Welcome to the Shed the Shame podcast. I'm your host, Jenny Whitens, online women's mental and emotional wellness coach, educator, and mental health advocate. My mission is to create and embrace a new norm of processing emotions and healing trauma. This will allow us to collectively shed the shame, guilt, and stigmas around mental health, emotional well-being, and self-care. It's long overdue for society to empower women to shamelessly focus on their own health and wellness so they can self-heal and, in turn, model that healing in their relationships and especially for their children. This podcast is a place for inspiration, education, and tools on how to confidently break the societal patterns that keep us stuck, unhappy, and unfulfilled in life. It's time to start creating the healthy and happy life you've always dreamed of. Together, we can do this one episode at a time. So without further ado, let's dive right in and shed the shame. Hey everyone, welcome to Shed the Shame. In today's episode, you'll be listening in on a training call that I did for women taking part in a weight loss coaching program. You'll hear excerpts of tips and tricks that you can apply to your life regardless of if you're on a health journey or not. So get your pen and paper out, you're gonna need it. Without further ado, here we go. Welcome, welcome, welcome everybody. I think today's chat, today's call is gonna be a popular one. And I hope it's so super helpful because I know so many of us struggle with this, right? And this is my version of the real secret to lasting weight loss. And what is that? It's all about stress management, okay? Because when you are feeling completely stressed and overwhelmed, how in the heck are you ever going to be in the right mindset to take care of your health? to watch your nutrition, and to focus on moving your body and getting in some good exercise, right? So it's no secret that when you're stressed, it makes it even harder to maintain a healthy routine. But did you know that in addition to this, stress can actually lead to weight gain because of other factors? So we're going to go through a lot of those factors that aren't doing you any favors when you're stressed, and then I'll give you an outline on how to handle two types of stress, not the types you're thinking of, but I'll give you some ways and outline on how to handle the two types of stress that are sabotaging all your efforts on working on your health. And so first, how stress adds to weight gain. All right. So the first one is your body's natural responses to stress, right? This is fight, flight, freeze, or fawn. And this causes your body to release adrenaline, glucose, which is sugar, and cortisol, which is a stress hormone. And it releases those hormones to address that threat of the stress. And the problem is our, our bodies and our brains think that the stress is, you know, prehistoric, like something's going to eat us. Something is chasing us. It's an immediate physical danger. But... That's not exactly what's happening nowadays, right? So first of all, cortisol can trigger sugar cravings, which doesn't help anybody, right? And it also can decrease lean muscle mass. And as we all know, lean muscle mass burns calories. So we want lean muscle mass. So when we're getting rid of it, that doesn't help us. 
And cortisol also can slow your metabolism. It slows things down to conserve energy. This makes it more difficult when it comes to weight management. So then that's another stressor added to our already stressful lives, right? And so we just go around and around and around in this cycle of being stressed. Our body reacts to the stress. It causes more stress because we're gaining weight. And then that stresses us out. So then we're stressed and there's the cycle, right? So not to add on to that pile here, but stress can also affect how hungry you feel. It literally makes you hungry even if you don't technically need to eat. Because again, our prehistoric response is to ensure that we eat so we have enough energy to outrun that saber-toothed tiger, but that's not really happening. So in today's world, we deal with stressors concerning our relationships, our work, our family, all of that stuff, not things that you need to gain weight in order to handle, right? So Another thing that you should consider is that some coping mechanisms that we have around stressors aren't doing us any favors either. They're leading to poor weight management. Things like emotional eating, binge eating, convenience eating. I coined that term myself. Maybe it's a thing, maybe it's not, but I just invented it. I think I invented it, maybe not. So convenience eating is like, okay, when you're in a hurry and you need to eat something, so you stop through a fast food joint, right? And you go through the drive-through. It it causes us to not choose nutrient-dense foods that are better for us. And so we choose the convenience items that aren't as nutrient-dense Other ways we handle stress are drinking, skipping meals. So again, if you're rushed and you don't eat all day, well, that can lead to overeating later in the day. So we also tend to exercise less and sleep less when we're stressed. So that adds more stress onto your body and then it keeps messing with your hormone release. All right. So the bottom line is when your stress is not in check, your body works against you, even though it thinks it's working for you. And you're so physically, mentally and emotionally exhausted that you don't have the time or the energy to make healthy choices. And that doesn't allow you to get back on track the way you want to. Right. So there's that perpetual cycle of stress, try and relieve the stress. It ends up causing more stress. And when we're stressed, we do things and we don't make good choices. And then we, it stresses us out more and it just keeps going and going and going. OK, so the number one thing that you can do for yourself in this cycle if this whole circumstance, this whole thing is resonating with you, is to get your stress under control, which, right, like, yeah, well, I wish I could just not have so much stress. It's not that easy, right? But along with that, you want to start making conscious choices on how to respond to your stress differently. So this is the two ways, the two categories that I'm breaking this down for you. Usually we think of, you know, we're taught in school like good, healthy stress and unhealthy stress, right? Well, I'm, we're, we're going about this a little bit differently. I'm going to break it down for you in stress that you have control over and stress that you don't have control over. All right. So first, 
Let's talk about the stress that you do have control over. And I want you to really think carefully about those things because you're going to put a lot of things into the category of stress I can't control when really you have more control over it than you think. You just need to start doing some of the things that I'm going to talk about here to get a handle on it and to start feeling better. Okay. And the main thing is this could all fall under the category of setting boundaries for yourself. All right. And learning to say no, which is setting a boundary for yourself. So with the stressors that you have a say in, start getting really specific around how much time and energy they're stealing from you, you know, and kind of maybe like put them in an order of how stressful and how how much energy and time it's it's draining from your life. And you need to start making a plan around how to handle those stressors. And so this is a way, this is a form of setting boundaries for yourself. And so I'm going to give you some ideas on how you can set those boundaries so you can decrease that stress. All right. And here's the thing. Now, setting boundaries, like that's a whole nother call. All right. So I'm just going to go through some simple ideas and simple things that you can do. But something that you might need to do is, you know, go figure out how you will need to set those boundaries. Or maybe you need to talk to someone on setting boundaries because you really suck at it. Right. Like sometimes we get in these behavior patterns where we let people and situations kind of walk all over us and rule our lives. And so a key thing, if you're frustrated with this, is you really, really, really need to know the importance and learn how important it is for you to be able to set boundaries for you and your time and your energy, okay? So here are some ideas to do that, but you have to kind of do the legwork on actually implementing it, all right? Okay, so my first idea is to set time limits, all right? So you can do this around a lot of things. You know, if you figure that your phone is causing you stress because you're on it too much and that's kind of getting in the way of some things, then set a time limit on your phone. You can go in your settings and set time limits for different apps. But You can also set time limits for yourself and your family for things like how much time you spend with certain people. If there are certain people or certain events or certain things that you feel like you're expected to attend or be at and you're always there way longer than you should and then you feel exhausted and drained after and it's just you just feel shitty, then you need you need to set a time limit on surrounding those events or people okay I've done that in my life like I know and I and I I don't do this all the time it kind of very much depends on how I'm feeling so for example I have a great example for you fourth of July weekend the week leading up to fourth of July weekend I had a shit week and it wasn't that anything particularly bad happened it was just a bad like mental health week for me I was starting to get I was, you know, was falling kind of into this depressive episode. I was feeling really crummy. I didn't have any motivation. Like it was just shit for lack of a better word. Okay. 
I think you can all relate to having had days or weeks or (laughs) months (laughs) where that's happened, right? And so by the time Friday night rolled around, we were supposed to head up to like my in-laws in our hometown and do the parade and all that stuff on Saturday morning. And I was like out of my mind anxious. Like I was crawling out of my body. I was like, I was so just upset, right? I, you know, I, I just, I was having a really hard time. So, you know, I talked it through with my husband and we decided, well, let's not leave right away in the morning. That it, like, it doesn't, it's not a big deal. We'll skip the parade. We'll go in the afternoon. And like, as soon as we made that decision, I felt a gajillion times better. It was like a flip was switched. So setting that boundary of putting a time limit on how much time I was going to be up north or, or where I was, like when we were going to leave or, you know what I mean? Like, however you need to set a boundary to make yourself feel better, that's okay. All right. Okay. The next one was really, really hard for me and it still is hard for me sometimes. And that is to delegate. Delegate, delegate, delegate. Stop trying to do everything. I know we are all women, so that means we're the best at whatever it is we need to do for our families because we do it right. I get it. I am the same way. I need control and I need it done right. Otherwise, it stresses me out. That's not true. That's a story in our head that we're the only ones who can perform whatever job needs to be performed. So let somebody else do it. Okay? One of the best things that I did this summer was I came up with a chore chart for my kids every week. And they don't get their devices during the day until all of their stuff is done on that list. And... Today, the kids' bathroom got cleaned, and I didn't even have to ask anybody to do it. It was amazing. Now, is it, like, deep cleaned? No, but it smelled good when I went in there. And that is a win, baby. Like, I will take that. Now, I don't have to freak out if, like, some random person ends up stopping over not a random person I don't have random people stopping over at my house but like you know a friend or family member is in town and they stop over oh can I use the bathroom and then I have a mini like oh shit the kids bathroom because that's the bathroom people use when they come here and yeah like it's a whole thing anyone with kids in like the bathroom situation you know what I'm talking about so anyway yeah they like they're getting shit done around the house and it's great like It has decreased my stress tremendously. It's so awesome. And then I don't have to be answering questions about like, can I get on my Kindle? Can I go play video games? Can I do this? Like they leave me alone. It's it's amazing. They know the rules. They know how to follow them. And so I delegate different jobs to them. I even, one example I use all the time is we took a family trip a few years ago to Chicago. And whenever we do a trip, I plan like everything because... I'm kind of like I need to have control like that because nobody can do it as good as me, right? So I I was like really stressed out about it. And so I realized, cause and I had a coach at the time and she's like, uh, why don't you give your husband something to do? And I'm like, what? He well, he um he can't 
find a hotel for us to stay in. There's absolutely no way I'm letting him find the hotel. No way. Anybody else like that? Like, no, I have to find the hotel. Okay. And so I let him figure out how to get the tickets to like Shedd Aquarium and the museums and all that stuff. And that actually really helped because otherwise I would have taken all that on and I would have been up, I would have been up till like two in the morning trying to figure that out and get the best deal. And I just gave it away, gave it to him. You do it. Get it done. Tell me when it's done. Thumbs up. Yay. Like, and you know, you just got to start trusting people. And that was really difficult for me because I had this mindset that I couldn't trust anybody but me to do things right. Um, and just practice with it. Start practicing with it. And even if the kids don't scrub the toilet as well as you would, they'll figure it out eventually, right? It's it, You got to take it baby steps and go with it. Okay. Along the lines of that, delegating, you know, that's telling people what to do, which, it, you know, it can, you're still in control. You're telling people what to do, right? But the next thing is asking people for help. That's really hard for many, many people myself included but like I said before you don't have to do it all yourself ask for help all right if you're what's an example I threw a, a birthday party for my mom a couple months ago it was her 70th and I knew if I didn't ask for help that I would try and do it all myself and then I would be resentful and I wouldn't enjoy myself right because I would have had to do everything and then I spent all the money and I prepared everything and I spent hours and hours blah 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 trying to get it all done and you know be the hero and make it amazing and then I would have burnt myself out so I delegated and well actually I asked for help first my brother and sister weren't gonna say no (laughs) And so then I delegated and then I, I, I asked them, you know, would you bring this, this and this? Would you take care of that? And the nice thing about asking for help and delegating is that you still have some control because then you can take the things you want to take and that you actually like doing, right? So you can kind of pick and choose. So that's the nice thing about being in charge. But yeah, use those magic buttons of asking for help and delegating, and get good at it because they will save you so much stress, okay? All right, the next one is hard also, which is saying no. You got to say no. You have to tell people no. If you don't have the energy, the space, the time, the mental energy, like any of that stuff, say no. It's okay. And the person you say no to they'll probably understand and if they don't that's not your problem that's their problem because if they can't be compassionate enough to understand that you can't take something on that's on them that's not on you and you don't need an excuse or a reason besides telling yourself you're doing it for you so that you don't overextend yourself or your health You don't need to give an excuse. You don't need to give a quote-unquote good enough reason. We do that all the time to ourselves. And so you don't have to. You can say no. You are allowed to. Give yourself permission. Okay, and the last one kind of goes into the next piece, which we'll dive more into, but... 
you need to make time for yourself every single day. And not just like time to do things for other people. This is time for you to do whatever the hell you want. And don't tell me it's something that you want to do for your kids or your significant other. Like it's something for you. And that is not selfish. It's self-care. So you need to make this time non-negotiable because what this time does for you is it fills your cup back up when it's drained. It recharges and re-energizes your battery when it's at 0%. It's your time to reconnect with you so you can make the choices that make you feel good And you can operate at your best then instead of feeling like you're spread so thin that you can't give your best to anything and you're half-assing everything, right? Because that feels like shit too. Because then you never feel good enough. And guess what? That's another stressor. And then you have this limiting belief that says, I'm not good enough. I'm not, I don't deserve to be healthy. I don't deserve to lose weight. I am, I can't follow through with anything anyway. And I always half-ass anything. So I'm never going to be able to stick to this plan to lose weight. Do you see how this spirals out of control in your subconscious and the story that you're telling yourself then completely sabotages the goals that you're trying to accomplish? So it's so important that you give time to yourself for yourself. Okay, so those were tips on how to handle and set boundaries around things that you are in control over. All right. The next chunk here is we're going to focus on what you can do to handle the stressors that you don't have much of a say in. Now, for these, you really have to be intentional and start practicing a different response to the stress so that we can bypass your nervous system's reaction that keeps hijacking your progress. So ask yourself when you're feeling stressed how you're feeling, like exactly how you're feeling. That's the first step. Then define how you want to feel, which is likely the opposite, right? That's the second step. And then third, think of something small, something easy or simple that you can do to attain the feeling that you want. So I'll give you an example here. So on a client call recently, we discovered that my client was feeling very, very stressed and overwhelmed and, and out of control. We identified that she felt like she had no control. She felt helpless, which was a very big trigger for her. She hates feeling helpless and she doesn't, it's very triggering for her to even be around people who seem helpless, who, who act helpless or like they can't do something. And so the fact that she was feeling helpless herself was really, really messing with her, right? And so this made her feel like a failure when she was triggered by stress. What she wanted to feel, what she wants to feel is in control, confident, 
and successful. Like she's got her shit together, right? So we put in place a simple practice for her. All right. So again, we identified exactly how she was feeling. We identified how she wanted to feel. And now we put in place this simple thing for her. So all she's going to do is keep one small promise to herself every day to de-stress. We nailed on exactly what she's going to do so she doesn't have to think about it or wonder or overthink or anything like that. Okay, so she, she's promising herself that she's going to de-stress every day by taking a shower because she takes a shower anyway every day. And in the shower, she's just going to do some deep breathing, some breath work while she's in the shower because that is going to calm her nervous system. And that is what the number one thing we needed to do right away because she was so stressed out. We need to calm her nervous system because it is like AWOL right now, way overstressed, super overwhelmed. So keeping the promise to herself, that's going to help her uh, de-stress, okay? And that's going to help her flex her success muscle. She wants to feel successful, And that's going to help her feel in control because she's making a decision to do something for her. Thus, every day as she keeps that promise, it's going to build her confidence up daily, right? So this is kind of killing a few birds with one stone because it's also giving her the opportunity to get out of her head and that overwhelm cycle where you feel dissociated and disconnected because you're so stressed out. It's giving her the chance to get out of her head Stop being discon- stop feeling disconnected and get back into her body, giving her a chance to not just calm her mind, but to calm her body and her, and her entire nervous system. Okay, so this is just one example of how you can go through that process. Okay, breath work in the shower every day. Seems simple enough, right? So literally all you like all she has to do is take a few minutes in the shower every day, do some deep breathing and get in the practice of being in control of your body and your mind so you can calm yourself down and feel in control again, all right? So, now this brings me to the next tip which is really making these conscious choices to de-stress, but then actually making time to do it. So like, it's one thing if you say, yep, I'm going to do this, you know, whatever I'm going to do, but then you actually have to, to do it. And in order to do it, you have to set aside time to do it, which means you have to plan, which means you have to set aside some time to plan and figure it out. Okay, so that's your work that you have to do is saying, giving yourself permission to go do something for yourself and give yourself permission to have the time to do it. All right, so here are some ideas. I made a whole crazy list of ideas that you can play around with that can help with calming your nervous system. And however you want to implement these, you know, make it yours Make sure it resonates with you and how you feel and how you want to feel, okay? 
So the first one was like my example, breath work. And, and then a lot of this stuff, you can just like go, you can Google it. You can go on YouTube and there's breathwork examples. There are a lot of coaches who offer like free breathwork sessions or even like cheap breathwork sessions. You don't even have to do that. You can just focus on your breathing. It's as simple as that. Just slowing down your breathing and counting in and out. I give a lot of my clients a real simple one called box breathing. That's been incredibly helpful where you you envision drawing a box and with your you count to four with your inhale and then you count to four and hold it and then you count to four and exhale and then you count to four and hold it and that completes your box or your square. So you kind of envision holding your breath, drawing the line up and over while you inhale and then hold it down, exhale over. You guys know how to draw a box, I hope, so there you go. (laughs) So that's a real simple one. And if you're like me and, and when you start practicing breath work, if you're like, if it's hard for you to breathe for like to take a deep breath in for like a count of four or five or whatever, like just practice, put your hand on your belly, make sure you're breathing fully into your whole body. And instead of, we tend to shallow breathe all up here in our chest. So really start focusing on how are you breathing? That will help. Okay. Next one, meditation. Breath work for me is a form of meditation because it helps me not think because I'm just thinking about my breath. Meditation is, you know, supposed to be like freedom from thought, which is like impossible. So (laughs) for a lot of us. So yeah, there's a lot of guided meditation apps, a lot of guided meditations on YouTube. So there's a plethora out there for you to kind of experiment with. All right. The next one might sound a little weird to you, but I always talk about it. It's called grounding or earthing. And really all this is, is like go for a walk in your backyard without your shoes on and connect with the earth and just focus on connecting with the earth and feeling the grass or feeling the dirt or like go hug a tree or something like don't make it complicated. You don't have to hug a tree, but like it just going for a walk in nature and paying attention to the nature. That's that's grounding, that's earthing, connecting connecting your skin, your body, your person to the earth itself. Sometimes I just go stand in my yard without my shoes on. Sometimes it's just as simple as like even on my patio where it's nice and warm where the sun has beaten down. I have a concrete patio. And even though like that's concrete and it's not like on the ground, I guess technically, I it's still like energy from the sun. It's heat, it's warmth, it's like I feel connected to the earth that way. So that's, you know, do what feels right. There's no wrong way to do it. Like you're not going to do it wrong. <laughs> All right, and the next is music or sound therapy. So yeah, favorite music. I come back to this a lot because... Music is one of my, music gets me connected to my mojo, if you know what I mean. Like, I love music. It gets me in flow. It makes me feel 
It makes me feel. That's it. That's the end of the sentence. It makes me feel. And sound therapy too. There are are a lot of different like sound therapy kind of modalities, but one of the things you can research and play around with are different like frequencies of sound. You can find this stuff on YouTube also. YouTube's got everything. But different frequencies of sound can kind of help you tune in and, and feel specific ways. Just like search it and you'll find it's like a whole thing. And you might not even need to get in depth as far as what each frequency means, but you can like find one that feels good, that sounds good and like is in tune with you and your body and just go with it. And that like, it's very soothing. Okay. Next is a common one, movement, but movement really like, I'm not just talking exercise, but this can be dance, intuitive movement You can jump on a trampoline if you can. I know a lot of us moms can't jump on trampolines. (laughs) A lot of you are like, nope, can't do that. That's okay. Yoga, stretching, massage, self-massage. I do that a lot where, especially with my neck, where I have to take time to like pull my shoulders back and down and do certain like tilt my head to the side and then make sure I stretch that muscle out on the side of my neck and I just run my fingers down that muscle. I actually this is why I'm talking about it is cuz I it's a literal pain in my neck right now cuz I think I slept so hard last night that I must have slept on my head cuz my neck's been hurting me all day. Let's see what else. So on that note like maybe you need physical therapy like me. <laughs> Because you can't even sleep when you're over 40 and you hurt yourself. (laughs) Let's see. Or or games. Like, go play. Indoor games, outdoor games, activities. Like, give yourself playtime. Play with your pet. I've been doing... We got a new puppy, so I've been playing with this dog all the time. Like, and I, I make it... I make a conscious effort to, like really get into actually just playing with the dog and not focusing on anything else and like enjoying playing with the dog and really enjoying like how much fun the dog is having. So that's been a whole lot of fun. All right. So yeah, find some, you know, activities that even uh, do things. So here's another big one. Do things you used to love to do as a kid. Did you love playing on the swings as a kid? Go to the playground and go swing. It's it's fun. It's a little terrifying too after, you know, so many years and you start going high and you're like, yep, okay, I'm good. <laughs> Don't need to go that high anymore. Remember when we were kids? Did you guys ever get on the playground and you'd have someone behind you and they'd like whip, they'd grab your legs and they'd pull you down as hard as they could and then you'd go shooting up so high that the the swing would lose slack and then you'd like jump in this I don't even know what you call it what did we call that when we were kids yeah you just almost die pretty much is what it was called and then the recess person would come over and yell at you and you'd have to tone it down a little bit but that was always fun that was good man 
the things we did when we were kids, right? That now, like I look at and I'd be like, oh my God, I'd freak out if my daughter was doing that. What were we thinking? We weren't. We were having fun. See how we were kids. We could just turn off and have fun and not worry about it. That's what you need to reconnect with. If you like uh, reading for enjoyment, start doing that again. Anything you love to do for yourself. If you like to knit or crochet or cook or bake or if you're a creator or an artist, start painting again or drawing or writing or sculpting or whatever it is that you used to love to do. I know a lot of people now are really into this fan fiction stuff they write. They so they like for example, they like if you loved Harry Potter, you take a character from Harry Potter and then you write a fictional story based on that character. Like you can just steal people's stuff and just write it and be creative and do your own thing with it. Like it's not like you're like publishing this whole thing and you know what I mean? Like just just do stuff that's fun. And if you can't remember what's fun or you don't feel like you know what's fun for you, then think about when you were a kid. What did you do before the world ruined us, right? Like what did we do? What how did we have fun? I used to like I I know you'll be shocked now that I'm doing this and I have a podcast. I used I used to like record radio shows when I was babysitting my little cousins. We'd I'd do stuff like that, like pretend I was a DJ or I don't know. Yeah, do what you want. You like to sing? Go sing. Like download an app. There's like singing apps you can do. Like do all that stuff. Okay. Another one is just taking conscious water breaks. This one I need to do. (laughs) I don't drink enough water at all. It has always been the bane of my existence. It's not that I don't like water. I just don't think about drinking it. I think a big piece of this comes from I used to be a teacher and there's just no time to drink water and go to the bathroom during the day. Like I don't have time for that. Nope. So yeah, I think I didn't drink very much because that was one of the reasons, but I'm also just not very good at it. Uh, so I have to practice it. So if anyone knows, uh, one of those water bottles that helps with that. Yeah. Tag me in that or send it to me, like send me the link to that. Cause I need that in my life. Like, does it punch you in the face when you need to drink some water? That's basically what I need. A timer isn't going to do it. I tried that. I had a water bottle that had a timer on it. That did not work. I think I gave it to my dad and now he doesn't use it. (laughs) It's genetic, this problem. Okay, let's see what else. Oh, along with water breaks, take work breaks. If you're sitting a lot and working, set a timer so you get your ass up and at least walk around or do some stretching or like do your water break during your work break. There are actual timers to help you with this. There's there are different apps that have like a specific structure to the time that's supposed to be that's supposed to help you like zone into your workflow and it be the most productive and then it gives you a break when you need a break. And then it shuts the break off to get you back into your flow before you lose it. So check those out if you're worried about taking a break. I worry about that too. Because like when I get in flow, I don't want to break 
I don't want to break it. Like I need to keep going. Let's see what else, what else, what else? Oh, get enough sleep. Because like I said before, in the beginning of the call, when you don't have enough sleep, it screws up your hormones and that doesn't help you because the stress hormones are triggered and then, yeah, go back to the beginning if you need to re-listen to that piece. (laughs) I won't repeat it now. So get enough sleep and kind of along the same lines of sleep is something that's enjoyable uh like have sex there's one thing that can release stress and is enjoyable and this can be by yourself or with someone else I'm not going to tell you how to live your life you do you you can make that choice but have fun and enjoy yourself and really stress let's see oh So maybe that can go hand in hand with this, which is schedule something to look forward to every week. (laughs) So put something on your calendar weekly so that during the week you're like, oh, yes, like you're excited, right? Like, yes, I'm so excited for this thing that's happening or that I get to do, right? This is something that I actually had an epiphany on for myself like last week where I was like, you know, I like two weeks ago, I told you I was like really bummed all week. And then last week I was like, oh, like, yes, I need to like follow my own advice here. I don't have anything on my calendar that I'm excited about or anything going on. I keep like waiting for stuff to not be happening. Right. Or to like for the stress to go down or whatever. We always have these excuses why we can't do things. So actually schedule something. This doesn't have to be like a trip to Bermuda or anything, but like just something you enjoy, but put it on your calendar. Maybe it's, I don't know, go out to dinner with some friends or something, but have something that you look forward to every week. And that's actually one of the keys to happiness is to have something to look forward to. So that is, that's a, that's a researched thing right there. And then the last one I have for you is to work with someone that can help you with all of your stress and all of that stuff. So work with a counselor, work with a therapist, or work with a coach. Find someone that you can connect with that can help make you make positive changes and make positive growth and and get you feeling the way you want to feel. Because then when you're feeling better then you can start tackling the things you need to do to lose weight, right? So I know all of this might seem like a lot, but just start with like one thing weekly or even bi-weekly. Like if that's too much, maybe every other week. Like don't overwhelm yourself because that's just going to cause more stress and that is the opposite of what we're trying to do here, right? So... It's just to get you practicing and becoming aware so you can get better at de-stressing, all right? So you want to start slow to go fast because going all gung-ho, like I said, is going to overwhelm you and then you'll end up right back where you started and that's not what you want. We're getting off that merry-go-round. We like swinging, but we don't like the merry-go-round because we don't get anywhere on the merry-go-round, right? (laughs) 
so many playground references here. So I struggle with this too. And I think everybody does. And the one thing for me that I have to continue to remember is that movement is literally medicine for me. If I don't move my body and I don't like exercise, I like I get in a bad place and like full disclosure right now, like I've been struggling a lot with getting my exercise in for a while now. And, you know, it and so like two weeks ago, I have a depressive episode like, oh, shocking, right? No, not really. But here's the other thing that I remind myself is. So I used to have this story, there's this rule, and I think that like society kind of like pounds us into our head that exercise needs to be like two hours of brutal torture, right? And so, you know, and if you aren't like following a regimen of some sort, then it doesn't count. And so one of the things that I've been working on is not... Like just the mindset of like, okay, I can just get on the bike for 20 minutes and that's okay. I don't have to exercise for two hours because that starts like messing with your head and then you're like, well, I don't have time, right? So then you probably maybe did have time, but then you spent time overthinking it and telling yourself you didn't have time and all that shit, right? So give yourself permission to just do a little bit. And it still counts like that was really hard for me, like as like a former athlete and someone who like, you know, likes to likes the challenge of moving my body and like by lifting weights and doing different athletic type things. I had to just stop being so hard on myself around what it had to look like, especially in the summer. Like it's so nice outside. I don't want to be in my basement on the bike or you know what I mean? Like. But yeah, so you have to like with the workout stuff, just like be okay with not going balls to the wall with everything, like be okay with getting in a little bit of movement. But the key is when you're doing the movement, like it's intentional and you're fully present and the attention when I say it's intentional, like, yeah, you're like, oh, I want to work out because I want to lose weight or I want to be healthier or whatever. But the key is to emotionally connect with what working out does for you. So then when you are working out, like at first it might take a, like a, a minute to like get going, right? Because there's that motivational hump a lot of times to just start. But then when you get going, like get in that mindset where you're like, hell yes, this is like I'm moving my body for me. This feels good. This is helping my brain. This is like, there are chemicals being released that literally make you feel better. Like connect with that reason for working out. Because if you're, if you're always connecting working out with this sucks and I have to lose weight, it's never going to be a positive experience. So that would be my little tidbit on working out and like I told you like it's been a struggle for me for a like for a while now too and so like I I totally get that totally get it but I did hardcore workout for a couple years and I think I just needed a break also but that piece of like 
not beating myself up over not doing it every day, that's what I've been battling. Like giving myself permission to take the break and be okay with it. So give yourself permission to not be perfect all the time and do it a specific way. All right, so remember that to manage your weight, you need to manage your stress and everything surrounding that goes hand in hand. Your body, your mind, your emotions, your relationships, your physical, mental, and emotional energy, and your spiritual connection. So when you allow and purposely practice ways to integrate these factors so that they work for you, they'll stop working against you. That's it. That's all I got. Thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of Shed the Shame. If you liked what you heard today, I'd love if you subscribe to my podcast so you don't miss any future episodes. And please share it with anyone that you think it would resonate with. If you feel so inspired to, please leave me a review on iTunes and share this episode on Facebook or Instagram. I greatly